That's our prayer, oh God. God, everything else is here a moment and gone the next, but you remain steadfast. You are forever faithful. God, so when things, when things seem impossible or when things seem so chaotic and so bad like our world, remind us, Lord, that you're all we need. We just need more of you. We need to trust you more. We need to believe in your word more, God. So reveal to us today how we can trust you more and uh, just speak to our hearts through your word, oh God. In your name we pray. Good to be back in the barn today, isn't it? Amen. I've enjoyed this. I'm just a barn preacher anyway, so I like it. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, the funeral service for Penny Sneed will be Friday at the Cowboy Church at 10 o'clock. Uh, no, 2 o'clock. And so uh, uh, pray for Lewis and the church family next Friday. And also on Saturday here, we will have the life celebration time, a life party for, for Jeff Johnson. Uh, we'll be here in the gym, uh, and we're going to have a time celebrating his great homecoming. And so be in prayer for the Johnson family, for Kim, the boys, and all the friends who um, we'll, we will celebrate his life on Saturday at 10 o'clock. Thank you, heaters, for going out, or air conditioners, or whatever that was. When there's a real gap in a society between men and women, there are problems. The gap. When, when men do not treat their ladies with respect, with honor, and decency, uh, there are problems. There's educational problems. There are moral problems. There are economic problems. In Africa today, they are suffering because of men not taking care of their assignment. And one of the things that Elizabeth's Voice does is it is trying to provide jobs for these ladies, all the ladies they can, all the ladies that you know financially they can provide for. And in every situation, in every situation of those ladies, uh, it is because they were not treated with respect, honor, and love by their husbands. Uh, there is not a complementary society in Africa. And so there's a big gap. Now, we are to be complementary. We complement each other. God's instructions are the husband is the leader of the family, but there is a small gap between the role of the wife and the husband in the Christian family. A small gap. Husband is the lead, but the wife is the support. There's a small gap. The husband doesn't lord over the wife. The husband doesn't mistreat the wife. The husband respects the wife, honors the wife, loves the wife. And from what we see in Scripture, the husband loves his wife like Christ loved the church. That means he's unconditional in his love. He's unconditional in his treatment of her. And he's always serving her. Okay, In Asia, it's the same way. In many parts of Asia, in many parts of the Middle East, men are way up here and women are way down here. And so there's this big gap between men and women. And when that is taking place, there's always conflict 
there's always breakdown in the family, and, and literally children suffer because of that. Society suffers because of that. Long, long time ago, Benny Smith was retired as a pastor, and I just started pastoring a little small church, and, and he came to see me one day, and he says, man, I want to meet with you every week and talk with you. And, and he said, mentor you. And I said, I'd love that, man. I need help. And so uh, I started to meet with him. And one of the things that Benny said initially in our, one of our first meetings, he said, I don't envy you whatsoever starting ministry now. This was like in 1980. So that was 40-something years ago. And I went, what do you mean by that? He said, man, he said, I thought that society was difficult in my pastor's days. But here I am, 80 years old, and I'm thinking ahead and here you are just starting out. When you're my age, you're going to look back and you're going to remember my words and you're going to, you're going to see things that I haven't seen. And, and one of the things he told me was, is spot on. He said, you are going to witness the breakdown of the family and it's going to be a problem. We are going to have all kinds of problems with that. Education, family, moral, kids having mental issues and and it's just going to be a real problem, and the church is going to suffer from it. And way back in the early 80s, divorce rate among Christian people was no different than it is among secular people. There wasn't any difference at all in the percentage of it. And I think today it's still the same. One out of two marriages end in divorce. And, and, and one of the reasons why that's happened is because there is a big gap between the role of a man in our society and a role of a lady. Now, that gap is not as big as in other societies, but there's too big of a gap. And that gap is from the men. Just like it is in Africa and just like it is in Asia, men, we are not loving our wives like Christ loved the church. We're not loving them. We're not honoring them. We're not serving them. We're not supporting them. We basically have that individualism taking place, and we live for ourselves. And our society is seeing that because men are not taking the helm of being the leader of the home. And so that is the context that Jesus shares these words in Matthew chapter 5. And we've been going through Matthew chapter 5. If you haven't been with us on these Sundays, we've just been going verse by verse and today we're in verse 31. The same pattern. It was also said, you have heard this, Jesus says. You have heard it said way back yonder. He said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. Now, before I forget it, Jesus is not saying this is the way it should be. Jesus is saying this is the way it is. Two different things, all right? Sometimes in the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament and you're reading what, what Moses is saying and what's being carried out, he's not saying, thus says the Lord. He's saying, this is the way it is in society. This is what's taking place. And so that's what Jesus is saying. You have heard, you have heard it said that if uh, uh, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The tension begins, right? What in the world is that saying? How does that look? What does that mean? What does it mean that whoever divorces a wife, let them give them a certificate of divorce because that sounds like easy divorce. 
And then Jesus says that whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality, he makes her commit adultery with whoever comes along next. And so there looks, there appears like the scripture is saying easy divorce, easy divorce. If you come home from work, fellas, and your wife has made you tater talk casserole, divorce her. Divorce her. My wife's not here today. She's down in Waco with Amy. But when we first got married, she called me and says, uh, what time are you going to be home tonight? And she probably said, sweetie or sweetums or something like that, you know. What time are you going to be home, big boy, you know. And, and I said, uh, well, I'm going to be home at a certain time. And she said, well, I've got something really special for you tonight. And I learned my first real hard lesson about things that really are important, that weren't important to me, is when I got home, I said, well, what are we having tonight? And she said, tater tot casserole. If, if, if she made me tater tot casserole every single day, I would weigh 120 pounds a day. I mean, tater tot casserole. I mean, and even today, I've, I, you know, like potluck suppers, someone brings tater tot casserole, and I went, who brought that? Who doesn't love their husband? What's going on here? It was not good. Now, you may have a good tater tot casserole. My wife makes good food, but she lacked with tater tot casserole, and my words were not filtered well, and that was the last time she ever made tater tot casserole. But they could divorce her wife for anything. That was what was going on. There was a big gap between men and women out there in that desert. Moses was trying to corral a bunch of men who weren't taking care of their ladies. And it was a problem. Can you imagine being out there in that wilderness? Can you imagine, you know, going from Egypt to the, to the Holy Land, to the land of promise, the land of milk and honey, and you've got to deal with all these men who aren't taking care of their ladies? What's he going to do with that? How is Moses going to be able to lead all those thousands of people, millions of people out there in that desert if you've got wives, ladies, and their children not being cared for, how are you going to do that? How are you going to be effective in marching across that when there's limited water and God's feeding you manna every day? How in the world are you going to deal with this? And so we see here in a minute, and you interpret Scripture with Scripture, and we'll see what Jesus has to say about that in just a moment. But before we get there, let's look at Deuteronomy 24. And this is what they heard. They, they heard this all the time. They read Deuteronomy all the time. And, and before they were in good standing in that synagogue, they knew the first five books forward and backwards. They could quote it. They, they knew it. People say, where would Moses talk about divorce? Well, they would go right to Deuteronomy 24. It says in verse 1, When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house and she departs out of his house. So that's easy divorce, isn't it? If he just gives her a certificate of divorce, tater tot casserole, you're done, woman. You're out of here. Brisket, a little dry, hook him. Get on out of here. You know, don't you talk back to me, woman. Hit the road. Easy divorce. That kid can't be mine. You're done. It is yours. I probably that, that kid can't be mine. 
My kid wouldn't be like that. No, that's your kid, just like you. Well, you're out of here for sure then. And if she goes and becomes another man's wife, and the latter man hates her and writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends out her, out her out of his house, or if the latter man dies, who took her to be his wife, Moses is in over his head. This is a real problem. He's got men given certificates of divorce. She leaves. Another man hooks up with her. He gives her a certificate of divorce. Now she's got this same lady with all these two guys who divorced her for no good reason. She just made poor choices or whatever. And he's got this problem. He says in verse 4, Then her former husband who sent her away may not take her again to be his wife after she has been defiled. For that is an abomination before the Lord. And so obviously in my way of thinking about this, you know, you don't quote me on this with your friends because if they're, they'll probably give you all reason why it's true. But I'm trying to put myself in Moses' shoes. This is not thus says the Lord. This is how it is. And Moses is saying, we can't function this way. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And he, was un he had so many problems, so many troubles. He's trying to get all these people to move forward and survive and live. And, and maybe... The sin of adultery, abomination, might be a strong enough warning to get their attention because divorce is out of control. And I can't seem to get these men to do the right thing. I have I've often thought about the situation there in that village that we work with in Africa. I've often thought, what do you do to get the men to, to walk away from hundreds of years of of culture. What do you do to get men who have been raised in this way, Christian men who have been raised in this culture, that you have a wife, you marry a young one, have four or five kids, then you walk away from her and you have another young wife and have four or five kids, and then you walk away from her and have another wife of four or five kids, because that man has been taught from day one, if he can do that over and over and over, when he gets to be 65 years old, he looks back and guess what? He's a chief. He's not caring for any of those kids. He's not caring for any of those wives. Those wives are living in a man-dominated society, and, and they're just throwaway people. How would you go in there and begin to talk with these men, these Christian men, and, and get them to understand their responsibility. What a hard, hard assignment that would be. I mean, I, I thought you'd go in there, and if I could get four or five of them to come meet with me every week, and if I could talk with them, and if I could share Christ with them, and if, if I could help them, you know, learn what it means to be a follower and a believer in Christ, maybe, maybe, you know, you could start whittling away at the problem. And, and so I really believe that what Moses is doing here and the reason why they have heard that if you give your wife a certificate of divorce for any other reason than adultery, you're committing, you're, you know, any other reason but adultery or sexual immorality, that you're committing adultery with her, that somehow another abomination might get their attention. And, and many things in the scripture is a warning to us, a warning. What, you know, and you know in your own life, there are some warnings that you pay attention to and other warnings you don't pay attention to. You just don't pay attention to it. And, and that's the situation. 
that, that Jesus is addressing here. Moses did not teach easy divorce. Jesus did not teach easy divorce. Matter of fact, from what I understand about Jesus, even when there is sexual immorality, till death do you part, do all you can, work it out, strengthen it. You need to stay in there. And men need to lead the way. Now, Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Now, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee. This is verse 9, Matthew 19, verse 1. Chapter 19, verse 1. When Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. So he's out there in the desert. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And when the pattern of Jesus healing is, he healed them all. There wasn't anybody come to Jesus with a problem he couldn't heal. He kept on healing them. He healed them and healed them. And he would heal people, and he would do the physical miracle so they would believe in the spiritual miracle. He would heal them physically so they would believe they can be forgiven. He would heal them physically so they would believe that he is eternal life, and they need to believe in him. Now, when he's out there healing all these people, Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Do you find that quite fascinating? That Jesus is healing people, and all the Pharisees want to know is, is there easy divorce? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how twisted that is? Isn't that amazing the blind spot these Pharisees had? And isn't it amazing how we today have an equal blind spot to many things? The Lord is at work. The Lord is doing things that only He can do. Miracles take place. People's lives are being changed. God gives hope. God gives forgiveness. God is a gracious God, and He's always given us grace. And He gives us the ability to start again. He gives second chances. He's always at work, always just spreading His good stuff. And all we're concerned with is what we can find wrong with Him and His people and His church and, and, and organized religion. I don't like organized religion any. I think religion should be disorganized. I think it should be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in our culture, in our community, when you say that, there's too many engineers to bad talk organization in there because you got to have order and everything. And you quench that. But when you're following the Holy Spirit, it looks different than organized A, B, C, D, and E. And you have to follow Him. But anyway, that's my own personal choice there. Look here. They just wanted to ask Him a question to trap Him, to nail Him to the wall about easy divorce. And he's healing people. When people are going through problems, all they're focused on is their problems, and they don't look at the healing power of Jesus. And I reckon some of these Pharisees wanted to hear an answer for them so they could either be thankful of their divorce choice or the soon-to-be-divorce choice. In verse 4, now, this scripture here, in our day and time, you need to get familiar with Matthew 19. When you're at work and someone opens up transgender things, when someone opens up same-sex marriage, 
tell them. All right. Now, you know I'm a believer. I believe Jesus is Lord of all and King of all kings. Okay. Let's, let's get that settled. I believe Jesus is Messiah, the Savior, the one coming back. I believe that Jesus is the judge. All right? And he's going to judge all things according to the word. We know that to be true. And so my understanding of family, of marriage, of life is from Jesus. And I interpret all scripture through Jesus. And, and when there's a scripture that I don't understand, I go and I look and see what Jesus had to say about that to help me understand what I'm going to believe in, what I'm going to trust in and what I'm going to follow. So look in verse 4. He says to these Pharisees, it says, Now, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Holy, oh, you're a bigot. You're narrow-minded. You're prejudiced. Yeah, absolutely. If that's your definition, you are exactly right. This is from Genesis. Jesus, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, He said that in the beginning He created them, male and female. But I don't believe that. I believe that's not true. Science and all these things. No, 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 no. Jesus said. And so, canceled? Please, cancel me. Do away with me. Never listen to me again. Just if you're looking out the internet and you're hearing this, you're going, no, 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 that's not love. It is love. I don't think it's love to have a little boy grow up and want to put on girls' dresses and his mom and dad doesn't stop him and say, son, take off the dress. You're acting too much like your sister. You're a boy. Boys are boys. Girls are girls. How do we know that? Jesus said God made them male and female. That's his choice. This is his world. He's the creator. It ain't up to us to rearrange what he has done. And we have problems. And we have trials and tribulations and, and, and self-imposed matters because we want to rewrite what God has done. And this is one of them. And so there you go. Am I for same-sex marriage? No. I'm for a male and a female getting married. That's what I'm for, because that's what the Bible says. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother. Thank the Lord that's there. <laughs> Praise the Lord that's there. Hallelujah. We got to leave our mother and father. There comes a time when we got to leave our mother and father. I don't care if they're crying. I don't care if they're begging. Leave your mother and father for God's sakes because most likely your mother and father says the Bible says you've got to leave. Leave. It's a good thing to leave. You see that, right? Therefore, a man, he's not talking to the lady here, which is really interesting to me. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and listen to this, man. Man, let this soak in. Leave with this one thing. If nothing else, leave with this. Leave with a commitment to obey Jesus and do what Jesus had to say. Words in red, this is the word of our Lord Savior. Hold fast to his wife. Hold fast to his wife. You know what that means? 
cling to, hold tightly, bear hug, squeeze the life out of, just hold on to her. Who do you hold on to? The one you're married to. You hold on to her. You're going to love her like Christ loves the church. You're going to keep her unblemished. You're going to keep her unstained. You're going to make sure that she grows spiritually. Your assignment is that she becomes all she can be in the Holy Spirit. Your assignment is that she is a, a beautiful lady inside and out, full of joy, full of life, able to rejoice because her husband loves her like Jesus loves the church. You've got to love the hound out of her. Your assignment, man, for society, for your kids, for your world, is that you literally love the dog out of your wife. You love her. You love her. You love only her in that regard. You don't let other women make you feel good. You just you ignore that. If you've got a lady at your work that's trying to make you feel good, you need to put up them boundaries. Only your wife makes you feel good. Only your wife sends you sweet texts. Only your wife says you're really handsome today. It's hard. You remember, ladies are after older men, men with beards. It's tough on me. I, I reject them all the time. I said, you just pay attention to husband. You leave me alone. I know I look good, but you just got to walk away. You got to walk away, man. I like Cherokee. You got any Cherokee in you? No, I'm done with you. I only want Cherokee. There you go. My wife is watching this right now. Wake go. Oh, I can't wait till I get home. I'll let him have it. It's different when she's not here. But hold fast to your wife. Hold fast to your wife. I mean to tell you, hold fast, man. Hold fast. Your job today is to hold fast to your wife. You may say, no, no, my job is to sell more product. No, it's not. Your job is to hold fast to your wife. You can work at Subway. You can work at Sonic. They're advertising Sonic workers. $15 an hour over here. You can hold fast to your wife and make $15 an hour. You don't got to make $100 an hour. It's more important that you're able to hold fast to your wife, not make $100 an hour, not keep all your clients happy, not move up the ladder. God never said, men, here's how you honor me. Here's how you show that I am your Lord and Savior. Here's how you respect your king. Is that you get as important as you can in this world. There, it never says that. But it says, men, hold fast to your wife. Cling to her. Bear hug her. Love the dog. Now you understand what I mean. Love, I'm not saying she's a dog. I'm saying you love the dog out of her. You love her with all your heart. You protect her. You hold on to her. You, you keep her from harm. You make sure she can climb that wall. You make sure she don't fall in that hole. You make sure that all's good with her. Honey, you look like you're not feeling well today. What's going on? Did what, you know, in my case, what do I not understand? What have I said? I don't know I've offended you. Obviously, I have. I do every day. See my mother, I live and breathe. And so I offend you. What do I need to know? Help me, Lord. Help me, Susan. Show me. And she normally does. Jesus said, the problem of easy divorce is fixed when men hold fast to their wife. You're the one, man. Men, you're it. 
You're the power the Lord wants to work through. He knows the difference between men and women. He knows what's important. He knows what the anchor is to marriage. And the anchor to marriage is when the husband loves his wife and he holds fast to her. Hold fast. So today, get her in a bear hug and don't let her go. She'll start to squirm, hold on to her. I'm showing you, I'm going to hold on to you. And look what it says. And the two shall become one flesh. That's a mystery. The Bible tells us that's a mystery. The two become one flesh. Becoming one flesh is not understood. It's just understood when you become one flesh. When you become one and you are one, you understand, you know. You don't know until you know, but after you know, you know. You're one. You're one flesh. You're together. There's commitment. There's partnership. There's unequal support. You complement each other. You are one. You're not operating as two separate entities in a house. You're operating as one entity in a house. You are together. You're undivided. You're undivided. You love one another with unity, with focus, and you hold fast, and you too become one flesh. It is a spiritual union. That's why divorce is so painful. Divorce is so painful. Because two were one, and then betrayal happened. Two were one, and then unfaithfulness happened. It's painful, painful. One of the reasons why God doesn't want divorce. So, verse 6, So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Look what, ha what we, you, you heard this so many times at a, at a wedding. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, what do you reckon is going on here? Who's separating marriage? People. That's common sense, isn't it? Well, that's stating the obvious. Well, the obvious needs to be stated. Man is what separates marriage. Man separates marriage. Man and his pride, man and his ego, man and his hardness of heart, man and his stubbornness, man and his jealousy, man and his wandering eye, man and his covetousness breaks apart the family. Now, let me share with you four things that I, I want you to think about here. First of all, divorce is not the unforgivable sin. Okay? You're sitting here as a divorced person and you think about, man, that marriage was a train wreck and I found a great fellow or a great gal now and I wouldn't trade for the life that I have now. That's the mercy and the grace of God. Divorce is not the unforgivable sin. Now, wouldn't it have been nice if you married that person early on and it was a healthy relationship and it grew and it blossomed and it flourished, but man separated that marriage. Or woman separated that marriage, right? Right, that's what happened. But today, right here and now, you're committed, and so death do your part now. Marriage is not the unpardonable sin. It's not the unforgivable sin. But don't let that be a reason to divorce. 
No easy divorce. Work it out. Hang on. Learn. Guide. Listen to each other. Learn to love. Men, learn to hold fast. Men, find you someone that's holding fast to their wives and go live with them a couple days. You can come live with me if you want. You won't like it very much, but you come live with me. You can sleep with my dog and it's all right. You know, you can see how we do it. I hold fast. If, if there's anything I've done good in my life is I've held fast to Susan. I love Susan. I want her to do well. I want her to flourish. I never, never have uh, words with her that I'm going to regret later. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, boy, I hold fast. So hold fast. But divorce is not the unforgivable sin. The second thing I want you to understand from the Lord Jesus, he loves us. That's why he says no easy divorce. Did you know that? We read the commands of the Lord and we think, man, you know, that's rough. That's difficult. No, no, he loves us. That's why he says what he says. He loves us. Jesus knows how painful divorce is. Jesus knows how, how, how difficult divorce is on community on families. Divorce is difficult. Divorce harms. Divorce hurts. He doesn't want it. Why? Because he loves us. And we need to understand that from our Lord Jesus. The third thing. Family health is important for all of us. And when the family's not healthy, there's a real problem. You know why I think that the Lord made us both male and female? And why the Lord is not for this transgender stuff is, is the pain that a transgender person goes through in their life. The pain that same-sex marriage goes through. Now, there's work in our society for everyone to, to be nice to them and care for them, which as believers, we should do that. But by no means do we ever say that that choice is the, a God-honoring choice. But don't we love people that aren't honoring God? I mean, I'm, I, 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 if someone came in here, a transgender person, man, we're going to treat them just like we treat everybody else. We should treat them like we treat everybody else. But we're never going to hold them up and say, we honor this chosen lifestyle. We're not going to do that because it doesn't honor the Lord. But we'll love and care for and listen and, and share the good news with all we can. Same as all sins that are out of control in a person's life. Family health is important for all of us. And so that's why men, no easy divorce. That's why men, hold fast to your wife. That's why Jesus is telling these men in a society that there's a huge gap between men and women. You guys got it wrong. You guys get back in there and love your wife and you love her even if she makes that your top ten. Right? Even if you don't like the way she looks anymore. Right? Yeah, that's what Jesus is saying here. Even if you don't respect some of her decisions she's made, even if you don't like this or that, you hold fast to her. That's what Jesus is saying. Because he knows that society will break down if the family breaks down. Think about Moses out there in the desert with all these men hanging out together and all these ladies trying to fend for themselves. Doesn't work. 
Didn't work then, doesn't work now. Men got to take care of the responsibility. And the last thing here, I want you to think about this. Ephesians 5, very clear about this. Mutual submission. Mutually supportive under the Lord. We mutually submit to the Lord, both as husband and wife. Men are the head of the family. The men love their wives like Christ loved the church. The ladies submit to the leadership. They compliment their man by submitting to his leadership in the family. Not a big gap, a small gap. A, a gap that you have a hard time seeing in a microscope, but it's there. That gap is there, but it's very small because they're complimenting each other. And you respect him. You respect him. And what does he do? He helps you become a bride that's unblemished, that's clean, that's wholesome, that's full of the Holy Spirit, full of the joy of the Lord, and your inner beauty absolutely jumps beyond your physical beauty. And because of your husband loving you like Christ of the church, you are just so much prettier on the inside than you are on the outside. You might be a 10 on the outside, but on the inside, you're a 13 and a half and growing. That's what God wants. That's what he wants. And that family says to this world, God is God. That family says to this world, Jesus is the Lord of all. That family unit, husband loving his wife, wife adoring the husband, kids you know, being submissive to the role of their family, that family shows the world how great Jesus is. And that's what the main thing we're about anyway. We are image bearers. And one of our greatest witnessing tools is a healthy family. Not perfect. Don't hear me say perfect because there's not one in here. I'm not one. But healthy. I didn't say perfect. I said healthy family. And when you're healthy, you just love each other with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You love each other. And the Holy Spirit just sends His power through your family. Through your family. Men, I don't know where you are. I don't know how strong you are in your family. We can all come to church, put on a good show. We can all go to church and look good, you know, and say all the right things. We get pretty skilled at that. But men, are you holding fast? Are you holding fast? Are you bear-hugging bear that girl? Does she smile because she's full of joy? Or does she smile so other people think she's full of joy? Does she really look forward to you coming home? Or does she dread it? Are you loving her? Are you loving her? Let's pray. Man, if we, we got an altar here, a place where you can come mean business. Maybe you just need to come stand up here with me. And help me pray for you and just, just to be the leader of your family.
leader of your home and say, man, I need the prayer. I'm, I'm saying to my family that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold tight. I'm going to hold on with all the grip I can muster. If you want to come up here so I can pray for you, please come. Be your invitation. Any men want to come stand with me and say, I'm standing to show that I'm going to be the spiritual leader of my family. Thank you, brother. Come stand with me. I'm going to be the man I'm supposed to be. Someone always says after a message like this, what about singleness? That's another subject for another day. Today's about marriage. Not leaving you out. Not trying to disrespect you at all. But this is what the Word says about marriage today. This is what the Word says about marriage. If you just want to come, come stand. It's good for men to stand, isn't it? As I look up here, I don't see one perfect guy. Some are ugly. Some don't have any filters. Brian, what's your name? Dustin. Dustin said at Monday morning Bible study, he said something you shouldn't say at a morning Bible study. It was rude, rude. And we all looked at him and said, dude, Brian, you can't say that at a Bible study. For God's sake, God's here, the Holy Spirit. He says, I said, you don't have a filter, do you? He says, oh, I have a filter. You don't believe what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. But we're not, no perfect men. Just men that hear the word of the Lord, hold fast to your wife. And I, I expect that if you know, I didn't want to be corny and just get you to come up. I'm not going to get paid anymore today. May not get paid at all. That's the way it works at that moment. Uh, but I just wanted you to remember this day. This day is the day that if you were not holding on as tight as you could to your wife, that's completely remembered. Father, we lift up these men. Thank you, Lord, first of all, for their willingness to stand. No judgment for anyone that didn't, Lord. No problem at all. Lord, we just recognize that these men believe they need to hold fast to their wives. To be the leader, to be the strength, and Lord, to be the men that said, man, it'll have to be absolutely no option for any other choice than a healthy Family, where love, where life, where joy and peace is sought after with all of our heart. And I just lift them up to you, Lord. I don't know their situations, Father. I don't know what's taking place behind those closed doors. Lord, we just pray that you will be honored and glorified in their homes. And I just pray that each one of these guys will just learn to love their wives. Learn to listen to their wives. Learn to lead their wives in a way that honors you, Lord. Help them to learn to be more sympathetic. Help them to learn to listen well. Help them, Lord, to be more understanding than perhaps they've been. Help them to grow in a way, Lord, that honors you and gives you glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you, fellas. Ushers, would you come forward?